You're listening to the Everyday Astrology Podcast. I'm Hilary Scott, your astrologer, and I'm here to bring you the current planetary conditions. So we are about to go into the eclipse portal, which is an accelerated time of change. And what happens is the eclipse, they come in, there's usually four of them or so a year, usually around four, but they come in pairs of two. There's the lunar eclipse first, and then there is the solar eclipse, and there's two weeks between them. And generally, those two weeks in the middle are profound. Things change. Often, too, even like 10 days before and 10 days after is still affected as well, like pivotal things will happen then. And it's in six months that you'll kind of really see that like the effects sort of unravel for the next six months. So that's an interesting thing that we're all experiencing right now. We're also coming up on the Mercury retrograde on the 29th. He'll be retrograding or she, or I guess Mercury would be the sort of most kind of ambidextrous when it comes to their gender, I imagine. So that will be retrograde in Gemini starting at the on the 29th and then also Saturn will be going retrograde on the 23rd of May all the way until October so when a planet stations retrograde it's its energies are kind of amplified but also become more internal in a way so with Saturn, it would be like our structures and our obligations and the rules and bureaucracy, government, even things like our skin and our bones and our joints are ruled by Saturn. It's the structure. So with Saturn retrograde in Aquarius, it's actually an energy that um, like Saturn and, and it, it used to be the old ruler of Aquarius until Uranus was was discovered. But Saturn will give you this like, it's interesting because they seem very different, the energies. Saturn is, is very structured and traditional and wants to do things the way they've always done them. And Uranus is like, shake it up, bust it up. Let's have an earthquake. Let's strike it with lightning. Let's do some sort of shocking event. Let's get accidentally pregnant or suddenly fired or... You know, in in worst case scenarios like car accidents or energy that's just very sudden and out of the blue to come and kind of basically shuttle you into the next event or the next storyline of your life, which, you know, we got to keep moving. We can't just sit on the couch and watch Netflix, like metaphorically. So with that, make sure that you figure out where Saturn is in your chart. And, and it's also helpful to see what aspects Saturn is making and how it connects with you because it might very well be affecting you, especially with planets in the fixed signs could be affected by this more than the average Joe. And also Leo is, is going to be the opposite. So anybody with Leo stuff going on. Saturn, if you want to work the energy in a positive way, you have to work. That's it. If you want Saturn to work, you got to work. It's very... Um, I'm a Capricorn, so I'm actually ruled by Saturn. Stupid Saturn. <laughs> I really, I don't know if I would choose to be a Capricorn. If Lots of signs are like, oh yeah, I'm an Aries or I'm a Sag and we're the best. But I don't know if Capricorns feel like that <laughs> about being Capricorns. There is like a definite sort of burden of 
of that Saturnian energy even and they say that anybody that has lots of Saturn energy in their chart or Capricorn they start out like little old people and they feel very burdened by life and then they reverse in age kind of like Benjamin Button as they get older and I guess it's I guess it's maybe having more power in your life too allows you to feel more relaxed but when you're like a little kid there's often a lot of extra burden placed on Capricorn children they'll have you know, they'll have to grow up too fast or, or maybe they started work at 12 and took care of the family. There's usually some sort of heavy burden that that makes it like life seem kind of sad. And it can be sad, right? There, there are sad things. We do age and die and, you know, sometimes that's not pretty, but sometimes it's beautiful too. And Saturn, I think the more we lean into taking responsibility for our own lives, our own, you know positions, our own relationships, everything that kind of comes from us, the more we realize we're responsible then and, and take the lead, Saturn is, is happy to support you and how to step into your power. So right now with Saturn retrograde, I imagine, or about to go retrograde, I imagine that we are all maybe feeling tired, maybe feeling burdened, even grief in the worst case scenarios even just like exhausted from hard work or you don't even know how to like the only way you can allow yourself to rest this is classic Saturn maybe with a dash of Virgo is to exhaust yourself so you can finally have no choice but to rest so you don't want to do that you want to kind of Saturn retrograding gives you a chance to overlook the foundations we can even as a society we can like look at has this been working or are, are the choices and the rules and the regulations and the mandates and all of this business is it working and how do we even tell if it's working especially with this neptunian energy that's squaring everything this year it's very difficult to see clearly that's the tricky part that's really the tricky part because we can think we know how things are going or what's happening, but there's just some slippery business going on. We can't always see clearly. There's like a fog or a haze or an illusion, something that is is blocking our perceptions in some way, our perceptions of, of reality. But Neptune can help us tap into the spiritual reality that we're all living in. You know, the we are all one and our hearts are connected and, you know, we're living as earthlings on the earth plane together as like, you know, a whole that can help that that Neptunian energy can also, it can kind of also sometimes reveal when there's deceit going on too. So that could be interesting. But with Saturn here going retrograde for the next four or five months, it's good for us to figure out what do you truly want? And are you building what you truly want on solid foundation? And how can you make your foundation more solid? And if things that you're, if things aren't working, get rid of them. And especially as we move into this eclipse season, the lunar eclipse is a time at the full moon, which is on the 26th. The exact time of the eclipse is at, I think it's like, there it is. It's at 7.14 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So that's the exact time. But like I said, we do feel it heading up to it. Things will occur. People will show up in our lives. Opportunities will turn up. Things happen to kind of, I, I always imagine it like, like I guess I imagine a conveyor belt 
where we're kind of going along, going along, and then the eclipse comes and we're like shot into another direction, like a ping pong ball kind of bouncing us along and then bam, we're like in another direction. That can happen. The fact that we have this um, Aquarius, not Aquarius, sorry, Sagittarius full moon. Sagittarius is a very buoyant, confident, optimistic, ruled by Jupiter. So this moon is ruled by Jupiter. It's very, um, it's a benevolent energy, but everything can be bastardized and perverted if you try hard enough. And if there's like, you know, maybe there's a nasty Pluto square in the chart or there's some sort of, you know, tendency to fury or something like that, it could always be shifted because I'm pretty sure it is, it's true that Ted Bundy had a whole load of Sagittarius in his chart. And I was like, what? That's supposed to be a benevolent energy. He was doing some nasty things. But then the lower base side of Sagittarius is very like beastly. But it, it's a, it's can be very, you know, base energy as well. Like it's really good at sports and the outdoors and, and competition and winning and kind of that's like the the lower kind of octave of of the Sagittarian energy, but the higher octave, which we'll focus on, is is very, you know, it is a benevolent energy. It's a truth seeking energy. It it can't stand lies. It can't stand like any sort of bullshit or um, except exaggeration. <laughs> it likes exaggeration. If it's gonna make a story better, but that's not necessarily a lie. There, it, it doesn't, it, it sniffs out inauthenticity and dislikes it. It also doesn't like, like, entanglements of any kind. So that can make Sagittarian people kind of not into dramatic or complicated relationships. It'd rather keep its distance and kind of be free because it also wants to be free to expand and to roam and to travel at any moment. I imagine the Sagittarians of the world are having a real hard time with this like travel lockdown that's going on. Especially in, in Canada where I am, if you want to travel, you can do it, but you're going to have to be probed multiple times and you're going to have to end up paying like, if you went with your whole family, it's cost 2000 per person to come back into the country and you're forced into these quarantine hotels until they decide that your test is positive or negative. And if it's negative, then you get, or positive, you get sent into some weird undisclosed government facility until they figure your quarantine is over it's all just so mad so any if if you if you'd like to travel you're probably having a hard time with this it's probably not going that easy for you and hopefully things will will change there is like i think an opportunity for some i guess like i maybe what is the opportunity it's like with this the Sagittarius energy, it's very likely, and it's squaring Jupiter. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some sort of like big expose or some sort of like discovery of some big secret or some big truth is like really like let out into the world, not just for the diggers of truth, but for the people who are sitting watching, you know, TV news or whatever, that kind of truth where it just can't, it's so big, the truth doesn't need to defend itself. It's just going to rise to the surface and be made very clear. So with that Sagittarian energy, it's brave, it's self-righteous, it's, um, it has to do with what we believe. And, and usually people with Sagittarius 
are like concerned about beliefs. They're they're like they they contemplate that. I remember I have a lot of Sagittarius in my chart and probably as early as I guess it was like in my early 20s, I went through this like revelation period where I I will all of a sudden I was questioning everything I was taught and I was like this doesn't make any sense. And then I started to have like real revelations, which was awesome. It was like Pluto and Jupiter conjunct my Neptune at the time. And it was big. I'm like, is this even my brain thinking these thoughts? Like, where do these ideas come from? And it was so liberating. It really did free me. It was actually when I went through that period, and all these planets are in Sagittarius for me. So when I went through that period, I was like, I had this revelation about school and how it's actually like brainwashing and slavery and people are poor children are like stuck there like full-time jobs from their time they're like wee little people and and I was very like all of a sudden you know a total homeschool advocate just like in a snap of a finger I'm never going to put my kid in school I was angry that I'd been you know wasted all my time being in school but in Canada it wasn't legal to homeschool until 1989 so in my childhood I would have never it wouldn't have been legal for me to do it. So it is a time when we can all really wake up. We can tap into our truth and our authenticity. And what what is like true? How do we really feel? What do we really want? And even like kind of focusing on what your beliefs mean for you. Like are the beliefs you have working? And question everything that you believe because why do we believe what we believe? It's crazy when you think about it. We believe what we believe usually because we're told to believe things in a certain way. And so we just go along with it without even questioning it, especially when we're like little folks. But as we become more free-minded and grow up, we need to question what we believe. Why do we, why do we believe it? Is it detrimental or beneficial to believe what you believe? Like even, you know, even something, what's a good example? Like thinking that, here's a good one, thinking that you can't have money because it's not spiritual. This is a common thing that very spiritual people will will actually often repel their opportunity for money because they feel like it's guilty somehow about maybe giving readings or whatever they do and, and charging money for it, which that belief is very detrimental because... Any kind of service that we should, should provide, there should be an energy exchange and money is a form of energy. So to change your belief from like, no, I get to use my skills and be paid well would be much more beneficial. So all these little beliefs go to make our reality. So it really behooves us to be very clear and careful about what we choose to believe. And we can also reject things too, right? Like if it's not... We can even, there's this lovely meditation that I listen to that talks about turning down and turning up thoughts. So if you suddenly catch your thinking process, the observer, your higher self, realizes that you're berating yourself or criticizing yourself, you can turn those thoughts down. Just imagine turning them way down until you don't hear them anymore and then put in a good one like, I'm wonderful or I am happy, I am rich, I'm healthy. I'm beautiful, whatever whatever it is. I'm well-loved. Like, you know, it's better than being like, I'm a reject and I suck and, you know, what a loser. That can all go on in our head too, depending on, you know, the kind of parental units we had around us or the authoritarians or whatever. The ideas that get implanted into our young brains can be pretty difficult to get at sometimes, especially if we have a lot of planets in the 12th house. 
So make sure that you use this, like it'll happen, the eclipse will be exact on the 26th in the morning. And it will go for, like, there'll be two weeks in between the solar eclipse. The solar eclipse is more outward, and it's more like bring in the new. And the lunar eclipse allows us to let go. Let go of what's not working. Let go of your, you know, the lies. Let go of this bad self-talk. Let go of the shitty beliefs that you've held that aren't yours. Let go of bad relationships, confining situations, you know, old furniture. What Like, really kind of lean into the change because change is happening and we're all a part of it and it's better to go in prepared and and know that that there's like change happening than to resist it it really is always better to like if you don't take the the nudge you're going to get the shove that kind of of motto works really well for the eclipses so make sure you write down your goals. That's always so important because it gives you like the first step into reality creation. Also, like what you want to change, what you want to let go of, write all that down because it, it's good to look back and see what occurred. It's also good if you figure out where this is going on in your chart. It gives you an idea of the area of life that will be affected. Very helpful. Um, Jupiter is squaring this whole show. So that's interesting. And it's very mutable energy during this um, eclipse season. With lots of planets in Gemini, that's where the sun is is with the north. Is it Gemini? Yeah, the sun is with the north node in Gemini. Um, but the moon is with the south node in Sagittarius. So it, it gives us a chance to like grab what, like grab the skills we've picked up the the special maybe the beliefs that you have picked up that are good for you like you you realize acknowledge them like it's really healthy that I believe drinking lemon water every morning is good for my liver and my kidneys or whatever it's really wonderfully supportive of me to believe that you know my whole family loves me or even you know like you want to come up with ideas that that you bring that are helpful too like Give yourself acknowledgement. Be proud of what you figured out and how far you've come. Because I'm sure you've figured out tons and that you've come super far. So give yourself a pat on the back for that. Because sometimes it's just the little teeny things. The little teeny things that make just such a huge difference in how you feel about yourself. With Jupiter there, it's this... That's what makes me think that there might be some big expose. Something big comes to light. Something, you know, Jupiter is a big energy. It's very, it can be very dramatic and over the top. That's the thing. You want to be careful. You don't overdo eating or drinking or drugs or gambling or fast driving or Jupiter does like to party. It definitely likes to have a good time. It's like it might go overboard. It rules the liver. So, you know, alcoholics often will have like a Neptune-Jupiter connection and, and that sort of fuels the the sort of, gluttony in regards to alcohol so you want to kind of be careful about that you don't want to overdo it because I don't know about you but I can like when I sometimes I don't drink but sometimes if I'm like being social which doesn't happen anymore I'll have like a little bit of tequila because it burns really pure in my system and I don't get hungover but I also only ever have a very moderate amount of that but even like the last little while I just can't do it it's like I don't need the social lubrication basically because there's no socializing going on, but it's just not worth 
trying to get it in my system. It's too much for me now. So I don't know if that's just because I'm getting older or because my system is so kind of clean and pure that it can't take the toxin. I don't know, but I never used to be that sensitive. So don't overdo it because Jupiter will make you feel like crap for overdoing it. You'll be like sick. You'll be sick. Like you're, everything will feel toxic. You don't want to do that. It's just not worth it. But also don't gamble. Don't take risks. Kind of keep it on the, the narrow. Do like really the straight and narrow. Do kind of like things that are um, about your what you believe. Maybe publish things. Jupiter rules publishing. So maybe you've got a blog post to put up or a podcast to publish or a YouTube video or whatever you're doing. If you're doing marketing of any kind, that would be a good time to do it. Even to write a book or focus on a book that you want to write. All this could be very supported by the Jupiter energy. There also could be like a, a you know, an honest showdown about something where the, like the truth needs to come out or you need to have a confrontation with somebody or you need to finally speak up for someone like there needs to be or for yourself even that could happen with this way that that the Jupiter energy is going plus Venus and Neptune or no Venus and Mercury and the North Node and the Sun are all in Gemini so there is a very dualistic two sides kind of energy and Gemini energy is very intellectual and, and it thinks, it thinks a lot. It thinks so much that sometimes it never stops thinking. It can make people that have Gemini like insomniacs or just sort of like busy minded. They don't know how to shut off their own minds. So that can be, all of us are experiencing that. If we tap into the good side of this though, we can like be busy in our neighborhoods if that's allowed where you are, like socialize connect to the people that are, are in your neighborhood and are around you because it, it's this Sagittarius wants to go out into the world and and see the vast lands over yonder where the grass is greener. Whereas Gemini is like, I'm going to go to the, you know, the bowling alley and stop at the grocery store, maybe get my hair done. We're going to like chit chat over drinks on the patio. It's a very busy kind of circulating, but not necessarily far from home. Also it rules siblings. So there could be something going on with your siblings or connecting to your siblings. Again, depending on your chart, because all of our charts are different based on, obviously you probably know this, but based on where we were born and what time we were born. So the one good thing about this is that if, no, there's more than one good thing, actually. That would be understating it. The thing that you need to focus on is that change can happen very easily right now because of this, um because of what's happening with all the mutable energy, basically. Interestingly, I think this is super interesting, but then, you know, I've just recently, I'm sure if you're listening to the podcast, I've recently, I guess in the last six months or whatever, come to see and believe that that the earth plane is actually the earth plane. And I never expected that I would come to this belief. It just kind of, you know, thank you, Tomsky. It just kind of was introduced to me by a very smart fellow who I trusted the information that he shared. And I was like, I got to look into this. So there's an interesting thing. When you start looking into this, that, that, that possibly the globe is a lie and, and it's all been a lie, you start to f- ask really interesting questions about the nature of our reality that you might have never asked before, which I found with myself. Like, I didn't know that the scientists tell us that the Earth spins like 1,100 kilometers an hour. 
it rotates that fast. And I didn't really know all the, the numbers and the stats and everything that they give us, how how round the earth is. And, and then that was what really got me into realizing that this is this is not true, I don't think, that it's round. And one of the main things was is that if they give us these calculations, there's actually you can Google the Earth Curvature Calculator. So if these are true facts, which they present them to us as, then if for every mile there's like – I should have the more stats, like better stats before I talk to you about it. But, but for every mile there's like a dip, right, because it's curving. So literally planes, when they would fly, would have to fly with their nose pointed down all the time for to be able to go around the globe, which isn't true. And all pilots and engineers and navigators of the sea all learn to navigate on a flat stationary plane. So why would that be if the earth was round, that they would all be navigating on a flat stationary plane? So anyway, that's really interesting stuff to look into. I, I highly recommend it because it's fascinating. There's so many questions that you never asked about your reality that that will answer the questions about whether this is true or not, which is pretty cool. But one of the cool things that I've been contemplating and thinking about is the eclipses or the nature of eclipses, which we're about to go into, on a flat earth. Like what what do the flat earth people believe about eclipses? Because science tells us, oh, it's the earth passing between the sun and the moon and that creates an eclipse. But that's like proven incorrect because there's been many eclipses where the sun and the moon are in the sky at the same time and the earth is like obviously not in the picture because you can see both the sun and the moon and you're on the earth. So that kind of disproves that eclipses are something that's happening because the earth is getting in the way and creating a shadow. So then I'm like, oh my goodness, like what is the eclipse? And interestingly, in Vedic astrology, they have Ketu and Rahu and there the north and the south know the, the dragon and the dragon's tail. And basically what is actually occurring, and this is what Vedic astrology believes, which is interesting, is that when the eclipse happens, it's depending on which end of the eclipse is at the south or in the north or the south node, it's actually this, this Ketu or Rahu crossing over one of the luminaries. So it's like blocking out its shadow like it's shadowing, blocking it out exactly. And then it and then it fades away. But it's an actual, it's not just a shadow of the moon. It's a, a being, an entity or another planetary being of some kind crossing over. And that's fascinating. Like all this time, you know, I've been deep into astrology for 25 years now. And all of a sudden, I'm. it feels like I'm having revelations again, which is fascinating. But that theory that this Ketu or Rahu, so there's like bodies, look up in the sky if you can see it. Actually, where can you see it? This eclipse will be visible in South America, Western North America. So I should actually will be able to see it here on the Pacific Ocean, Australia, Australasia. Is that a thing? I never knew that was a thing. And Eastern Asia. So if you can see it, go out under this eclipse and see if you can sense that this is like another, it, it's a shad, like literally like a shadow being. It doesn't have light. It's like a dark, you know, a dark planet, like another moon, but without light crossing over. And this is Ketu and Rahu, the north and south node, which create the eclipses. So that's fascinating. I, I still have to look more into it and 
there's not tons of information about all this out there, right? I think that the internet really has allowed these new ideas to, I guess that's why all the major media is trying to shut everything down because ideas are spreading like wildfire, truth and, and opinions and things that the, the mainstream narrative do not appreciate. The day after the eclipse, we will have um, Venus at squaring Neptune, which is a pretty big energy. And then we'll also on the 29th, um, on the 29th, Mercury will be about to go retrograde, but also conjoin um, Venus and opposite Mars. That's a big deal. The moon is conjunct Pluto. So the 29th is a big day. Like if you have anything that you're worried about, like, you know, communication stuff, technology stuff, consider the Mercury retrograde because Mercury retrograde and it's going retrograde in Gemini could really mess up with the communications. Like what you say might not be understood, what you mean might not be understood, technology doesn't work probably don't buy computers things things that you buy won't be what you expect them to be but mercury retrograde is fantastic for review so all the rewords redo review rehash reincarnate reconsider re there's so many of them i should have a list just so i can spiel them off it's impressive reconfigure reorganize, you know, rewords all work fabulously with Mercury retrograde. So don't, don't fear by the end of June, you should know what's happening and what in which way to move forward with much more clarity. So don't for, like, don't push yourself into a decision necessarily. And you might feel like that with the eclipse, like, like I got to choose or a decision needs to be made or, but just try to hang tight don't, unless it's forced onto you, like it's the shove time because you haven't been taking the nudge, then you have to deal with stuff. But, but if you are still in control of making choices, try to like lay low for a little bit, even though you might be brave enough to, to make the leap right now, try and just sort of wait and see just because there's a lot of uncertainty with the planets. There's a, there's a review period that needs to be done. And, and so sometimes pushing forward when we're supposed to be reviewing, unless we're getting things done that we've neglected and that we needed to get done before that's a good thing as well like you pick something up that you let go mercury retrograde is is awesome for that so that is covering most of the stuff going on for the next week there's a lot of astrological business happening and i'm sure we're all going to feel it in our lives there i don't know if you've noticed too i feel like i've really noticed that the, the sun has kind of changed there's there's something bluer about the, the light of the sun I find interesting. There's like a lot of just sort of intense crackling energy around. And I do believe we are being upgraded. And so if you have weird little body pains, that can relate to like just things sort of upgrading, things morphing into this new sort of higher capacity reality that I believe we're moving into which seems so contrary because of the craziness we're going on. But let's just imagine that all this craziness is to lead us to this better world, to expose, you know, lift up the rock and show us all the, the bugs and the things moving around, doing things in the dark that we don't want done. 
And that is a good thing for it to happen. So hopefully your life hasn't been too terribly affected. And if it has, it's been affected in a good way and that you're able to move through it. And please do take the time to enjoy this Sagittarian lunar eclipse. It's big. We're like we're definitely going to feel feel the effects of it. If it's not in your personal life, you'll see it in the world stage because the eclipses often have to do with the world stage. So keep your eye open. Keep your keep your head out of the sound. And sand. This is what I say to my dad. <laughs> he just loves it when I say this. Like you just make sure that you keep your head out of the sand and your ear to the ground because I think he doesn't pay enough attention to the reality that's going on and just listens to the news and that always upsets me. So just do keep, you know, open to what's happening beyond what's being presented because there still is that Neptunian slipperiness going on. So if we're aware that that they're uh, like the Sagittarian energy will expose any kind of lie that's going on. The truth is so important. And our beliefs can change in ways that affect our lives in very positive ways right now. So be open to change. Keep your heart open. Keep your mind open, you know, but also keep your bubble of light around you so that no untoward energy is affecting you negatively. So that is it. Thank you so much for listening and many blessings for this most potent eclipse portal and Saturn going retrograde. Thanks again for listening.